Light the Sky, episode two of our Pink Floyd epic journey through their entire discography, going one album at a time, one track at a time. We are here bringing you a saucer full of secrets. Hope you enjoy 1968, one year later, and Sid Barrett, now out of the band, um, was a little bit of an influence, uh, to say the least. You know, I, I find so interesting about this time period is that record labels really gave bands chances to find their sound. Uh, it wasn't like 20, 30 years later where you had to put your best foot forward, you had to put everything out there and uh, you know, hope that it, it went gold at least to be able to uh, you know, get that second option, that second album option executed on your contract. But Pink Floyd lost their primary songwriter, lost their muse, their influence, whatever you want to call him, and uh, they were going to truck on for a couple albums before they really find uh, their hit, uh, their, um, you know, their charting albums that really define who they are. So here we are, 1968, a saucer full of secrets. Let's get it started. Let's get our quick reviews in, starting off with, I believe it is Chris, out of uh, yes. 10, and your quick review, a saucer yes, full of secrets. Yes, it is. Um, I just wanted to throw one thing in there, because you said that uh, this was, uh, that Sid was out of the band. Technically, he was briefly still here before he kind of phased himself out, but he is on a couple of songs. Is he um, on the record at all? Yeah, I'm gonna like a contribution, uh, not songwriting, but uh, yes. But I'm gonna hold off on that. Okay, uh, that's that's gonna. Anyway, so yeah, my uh, my one statement. Um, yeah, over experimentation at the expense of songs. Uh, this record sounds like. I mean, the Floyd sound is definitely like okay. This is like the seed has been planted for like the classic Floyd. But it kind of sounds like like when you get okay, they got the toolbox in the mail. Okay, now they're opening and they're trying looking at the tools. They're t- dumping it out. Um, but not necessarily the kind of cohesiveness that you would find later, but, uh, definitely an interesting, cause again, okay, this is like, all right now it's like, okay, everybody that should be here is here. Uh, after four or five listens, uh, initially when I f- first when we got through it the first time, I was really disappointed cause I'm like, oh, this is too experimental. I mean, I don't know what the heck I'm looking at. Uh, but after kind of digging deep, reading a little bit up on the album, uh, digging into the songs a little bit, I kind of started to appreciate it a little bit more for what it is, uh, especially in the lyrics. Um, so initially it was going to be, I hit it around like a three, uh, but after kind of doing a little bit more research, uh, my appreciation jumped up a little bit. I'm going to give it a, still kind of low, but not as bad as it was, a five and a half. Okay. With a trending upward mark, possibly? Yeah. Uh, maybe in the discussion it might uh, go up after I kind of discuss it a little bit more. Okay. Let's see where we uh, go with Alex. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I actually like this album more than the debut. Uh, I was kind of talking to Kevin, uh, you know, the day after we wrapped up our last episode and I got right into it and started listening to this record. And I'm like, I, I'm already having an easier time on first listen with this. So uh, kind of what maybe Chris was hinting at, but uh, I guess my one sentence review for me is... This is the first true Floyd album, in my opinion. So, 7 out of 10. Okay, uh, I'm up, and I was originally going to start off my review with calling it a saucer full of dregs, Um, but I don't know that I will go that 
low uh, this time because I did listen to it all day today. And I did, you know, it, it, it kind of like what Alex said, where you, in the previous album, uh, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, that you kind of, it unlocks for you the more you listen to it. And I felt that more of it unlocked for me this album than a Piper at the Gates of Dawn. I still like that album better. I think that this album is more of a point of interest for somebody who is looking to explore the entire band and it's really more appreciated that way as a transitory album more than an actual good album of music so with that in mind i will give it a healthy six okay well i guess that leaves me then um nowhere to go but up for me if anybody listened to the last episode um but I did enjoy this uh, album. I I didn't know what to expect coming into this, I'll be honest. Uh, I I didn't know if I was going to be expecting more of the same, but I can tell you that I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, Not perfect. I I wouldn't say that I absolutely loved the album. Kind of my my feeling when I was listening to it is uh, Sid Barrett who? Uh, I didn't miss him. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to give this... I, I was teetering, honestly. I wasn't sure exactly what to give this. Um, but I'm looking at it, and I'm feeling... Uh, this is tough. I, I'm thinking between a five and a half and a six. I'll go six just to be generous right now. So I'll, I'll say six. Okay, all uh, pretty consistent, actually. Uh, we were widely varied, as widely varied as we were with uh, Piper at the Gates of Dawn. This is pretty consistent. So let's see if it holds to the track by track. Let's unlock this moment in time. Take it away, Kevin. All right, this is Let There Be More Light. talked before about opening tempos and it's still something that it keeps coming back to me uh the way that this song opens kevin didn't play it i'll play a quick snippet but you know that sounds like it's gonna rock mm-hmm. like it, it sounds <laughs> yeah. like like tarot woman is gonna come on after that or something like it's just gonna it's just gonna kick down your speakers and and hit you in the face with some napalm or something and then it just goes to that plodding yeah 
Yeah, I'm like that is the definition of plot. Like I don't know. Like I, if it's too you know little for me just as an opener. And I know we talked about this last record where how do you order these songs? Does it even yeah. matter really? Because even the UK and the US versions were so drastically different from the first record. But boy, that opening was just a a just like a question mark over the head moment because that right. is the definition of plot right there. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of funny because I've heard that. I feel like I've heard that riff before in a couple other songs. Uh, one song that kind of pops to mind as far as a song that does rock uh, from Tool, uh, 46 and 2. That beginning, mm-hmm. it's got kind of that building kind of... Uh, uh, I know I don't have it uh, queued up, but uh, if anybody's a Tool fan, they, they know what I'm talking about. Uh, and also another kind of song from that... Uh, another uh, song from that era um, by uh, Grand Funk Railroad, uh, I'm Your Captain. That intro is very much uh, uh, also very kind of similar. I know I think that came out a few years later, but it seems like this, what Pink Floyd was doing there, somebody must have heard it, and then all of a sudden it kind of, that idea was taken and actually applied to like what you were saying, Mark, like a more rock context where it doesn't, sure. it doesn't plot off, it builds and it gets into uh, some chunky or, uh, yeah, this is, again, like I said in my opening statements, yeah, this is uh, Pink Floyd experimenting with uh, these new tools that they've discovered. Uh, and this is a talk about a weird song. I was trying to, as far as researching the lyrics, I just, man, this is as far as psychedelic space rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me jump in on that because uh, yeah. they do mention Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Yes, and, oh, yeah. Yeah. and, and you yeah. know what? Like to me, like Pink Floyd mentioning that line is like Snoop Dogg mentioning weed. It's like enough. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it was, it was kind of weird. I was trying to figure out, was it like, why was it intentional? Was it just like, did it really fit? I mean, I don't. No, but yeah, here you've got everything from what, what like spaceships to weird uh, like 11th century military figures to yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I it's amazing. Like for when I've written lyrics in the past, I mean, I try to. I, I guess maybe I'm just not in the psychedelic space where I don't know where. <laughs> as far as as far, I'm pretty linear when it comes to certain things. Yeah, sometimes I'll yeah try to throw something a little deeper. But yeah, this is. Uh, I re- I probably read three separate pages on this song, and I still can't figure out what, <laughs> what was going, what is going on. Um, I did notice a little bit of, uh, I guess, if you want to call it like a little Hendrix influence at uh, three twenty six. There's a little bit of this weird kind of, kind of almost like very very verby like psychedelic guitar solo that like, I would you would expect in like kind of like extended Hendrix section. Kevin, can you play that? Yeah, very much kind of of it's something they actually could have maybe they were still kind of playing in those clubs. But yeah, you can see that section kind of, yeah, again, building that live setting you know, with the lights and the artwork and all that stuff. And yeah, I, uh, again, it's yeah those first album aspects are still here, but you can see they're starting to kind of break off. But again, here it's just like, again, this is an experimental record. This is just the discovery of something new, whether it should have been put out <laughs> like that again. This is usually the stuff maybe you'll you'd record on your own or just experimenting before you hit the record button. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's Pink Floyd. So, yeah, they're just, yeah, the recorder was always on somewhere. It's, it's interesting you mentioned that, though, because yeah. there are several songs from these sessions around this time that were not released or vetoed mm-hmm. from the album or okay. cut from the album for, for 
you know, I, I haven't heard them, but you know, it does give you, you the thought like, oh, why these songs? Like, oh, why mm-hmm. did you know they had others too? So you know, why why did they have a rager ones? they could have opened with? I don't know. <laughs> See, they, I, I'll they, be they almost did. I mean, who knows what what, <laughs> yeah. what this one could have been? I mean, like you, yeah. like you said, I mean, you're waiting for. Like, Where's the I the, want <laughs> some action of the record? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, Mark. Though I, I didn't have as much of an issue. One because it, it did occur to me. One, but honestly, when I listened to it the first first time, uh, that thought popped into my head that you mentioned before. Like, how do you even order these songs uh, on something like Piper or or even on this album? And the other thing is, I think is that we're we're blessed with with foreknowledge of what comes. And so when you know Pink Floyd kind of gives you a spacey weird you know not what you're expecting not a rager to open the album you're like eh, you know oh it sounds like pink floyd kind well, of yeah. i'm okay with so. it because it, it this really is as i mentioned in the opener for me a a the genesis of their sound really being honed in and defined um and it's not honed in and defined here it really is something that you know i i, I love um us and them you know how just that shimmering stillness of that song like i would never use the word plod to describe that song but there's just something empty about that about this song here that just doesn't uh, just doesn't right. sit well, yeah, well they with had, me they hadn't gotten to us and then yeah that, that's what five records away yeah yeah yeah, yeah there's still there's still a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of development to be uh Sure. To be had. That that is interesting. You, you mentioned that, Mark, because I, I agree with you on that first opening riff. I, I really liked that riff a lot, and it it really caught me. And I'm like, okay, we're this is going to be a little bit of a different album, and, and I think I'm going to like this more than Piper. And I, and I guess I didn't really focus so much on the plot at the time, but now that you mention it, I suppose I do hear it. But I, I think that riff really got me. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that, and I really enjoy the, the vocals and the harmonies here. I think it's really kind of, you know, getting more into that. And, and I mention it a, a little bit further down. There's one song in particular where I really hear it, but we're really kind of getting into the foreshadowing of like the golden era of the Gilmore waters kind of harmonies. And I hear it a lot on this one and kind of like the golden era of what I know to be like Pink Floyd dual vocals. I, I kind of, yeah. in a way hear it for the first time here. Mm-hmm. So it's nice hearing Dave on here. Yeah, it's like his vocals coming in and like that pre-chorus, like okay, which I like. That was one thing I really did like about that. The song was yeah when Dave comes in and starts singing the higher parts. Yeah, okay. it certainly gives you kind of uh, uh, a foreshadowing uh, of what's to come or as they get their ground beneath them here. Right. Sure. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, let's move on here. Track two. Uh, this is "Remember a Day." Why can't we 
so here we're getting into a little bit of a different territory, especially with, I, I, I'd say, the poppiness of this song. Um, a few things I just heard, I, I wrote a, a decent amount of notes on this one, um, and, and I guess this is technically, at least for the U.S., this is a, a, a single. There was a joint single with uh, Let There Be More Light in this one, which I, I feel like I could hear a little bit. But I, I hear in that that clip you played there, Kev, with the organ kind of piano going on there. I don't know if you know we have any UFO fans in the group, but um, a song called Out in the Streets uh, that I love a lot. I hear a lot of that sort of organ kind of keyboard playing there. And the big thing that I, I, I hear, I hear two bands uh, specifically on this song, and I had to go and do a little Googling on the side here when you were playing that to kind of match up the timelines, but I hear a lot of Simon and Garfunkel, uh, particularly the graduate soundtrack you know that's a top five movie for me easily and that was actually released in 1967 so now that i think of it i wonder if uh pink floyd was watching that movie or listening to uh simon and garfunkel and sort of gotten those harmonies and kev if you wouldn't mind playing maybe around 59 seconds and just let it play for oh i don't know five five seconds or so uh, right around 101 i get a big who influence and i think maybe it's the drumming How it kind of, yeah, how it kind of is a little dark and uh, minor key, and then it just kind of explodes into that poppiness with the fill, and that's very Keith Moon, the Who there. You know, I love the acoustic guitars there too. Just kind of like on the second beat, kind of like on on Bargain or something like that is where I heard that. You know, it's funny that you mentioned. I have like two things on here regarding the Who in regards to this song, and it does. Yeah, yeah. The I didn't think of the drums though, but now like now I can hear it. Uh, the thing that caught me though, as far as the uh, like the higher falsetto vocals, sound like mid '60s Roger Daltrey. The way he sings it, I mean, I, you could almost hmm. picture him singing that. Yeah. Uh, if you hear a lot of the stuff off of like whether it's the first record or uh, or a quick one or any of those early kind of Who records, I can hear, yeah, uh, almost like a Pete Townsend ballad kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. And again, I mean, they're they're contemporaries, so I can imagine they could be pulling. Uh, they would be pulling those. Uh, their, yeah. You know, but I kind of hear too with the the piano voicings, um, and it's nowhere near as complex or as uh, calculated and um, you know fr- um, put together. Uh, but uh, McCoy Tyner, uh, a, a jazz uh, pianist who was a long time uh, part of the John Coltrane. Uh, it really just McCoy Tyner and uh, John Coltrane put out so many records together and really in the late 60s. And this is super simple. It's just revoicing the same chord. Uh, but there's, uh, you know, at, at least a jazz root to doing that. Uh, and it just happens just constantly and goes with the changes. So, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of a cool loop there. It's interesting you say that because those piano uh, parts reminded me of something different, something that came after. But uh, almost billion billion dollar babies, Alice Cooper era. With some mm-hmm. of that kind of, it, it's got a, a haunting vibe to it that yeah. I felt. So mm-hmm. I, I don't it know. It's, well, it's, McCoy it, Tyner's actually, piano playing was very haunting. His chordals oh. and every everything that he was putting together <laughs> no, was. No, I, I totally get you it. Know, it's, all, it's, it's, it's just interesting the way that we all have different different kind of views yeah. on, on this one in particular. Yeah, okay, so fun. what's everyone's views on the beatboxing or the bird calls in the middle there? Because it sounded to me like, you know, either do it the way Sid did it or just get rid of it because it just was very half-hearted. 
I hated it then. I hate it now. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't. I didn't really notice it. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't pick up on that part, so I don't. I actually can't yeah, say I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it's funny. This was the uh, the one song like I was talking about earlier. As far as it got, it was stuck in my head all day at work. Mm. Yeah, just that. Uh, and it's sort of this is a weird, interesting because yeah, the chorus pretty much is like in the first. Yeah, it's pretty much the first line. You know, remember a day is how it. Uh, is how it starts and i just like i love that i don't know what it is that's just a perfect pop melody yeah i remember a day a day when you were young i, I just yeah it's very and again like what alex said it kind of goes back to those simon and garfunkel uh, harmonies um uh, maybe a little bit thicker than that but uh but i really yeah uh, i just really love how that's stuck in there uh, and that's what kind of made me struggle with as far as the rating because like okay this is this is a legit kind of melody that's getting stuck that I enjoy where I'm like, I'm not even I'm almost subconsciously kind of humming it, uh, which I didn't really get on Piper where I appreciated the music, but it wasn't something that where I would go back to it. Where here. I really kind of fixated, especially on this song. Well, the um, only time they had yeah. stuff that really got stuck in your head on Piper was the goofy stuff, you know, where the, the that's true. Yeah. Where, yeah that there was like, there was like a, like a, like a weird hook, if you want to call it that, where it's not like a, uh, like what you would call a normal musical hook but yeah like in the gnome or whatever i mean it's kind of a <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's just uh, yeah it's there's just the whole piece kind of just gets yeah it kind of gets you uh yeah kev um yeah before we forget the, it's weird there it's funny when you listen to certain songs where you could see them being maybe recorded by like even heavier bands later on there is a section here at 210 uh that i don't know what it is but as far as in a live setting i, I just had this where man that'd be great if it had some heavier guitars yeah. Yeah, get that up. Yeah, get some like beef up the guitars a little bit in more modern setting. You know, now that you mention yeah, that, yeah. I really hear the tool or the system of a down uh, influence. In yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was one thing that jumped me out. Yeah, just that kind of an alternative, like progressive or whatever that you saw in the mid to late nineties. Mm-hmm. You can see a lot of that here, and I'm I'm sure like Adam Jones from Tool. I'm sure was a is probably a big. Well, I mean, he's a big prog guy, so uh, I could see him pulling. But yeah, that's the yeah, there's a lot of those jumping out here. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to another spacey song. If if you want to bring in that influence again, that would be uh, set the controls for the heart of the sun. If you've heard, yeah, that yeah, just that segment, you've pretty much heard the whole song. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is this is this. Uh, I was I was uh, while while I was driving home, I'm like, okay, how I need one. What's one statement that kind of sums up this particular piece? And I think it's yeah, music to, to when you're smoking opium in an opium den. 
<laughs> just playing in the background. You got the, you got you got the de- yeah you got the you, you got, got Motley the dem- Cruz music to crash your car too. You got Pink Floyd's music to smoke, to smoke opium, opium too. too. It's it's dark in there. You've got the smoke kind of billowing. You see the people that are kind of out of it going through again through some kind of yeah um, internal space uh, um, journey. It does and, remind me of yeah. like some kind of club you would see. Like I'm not. It's not the same subject, but like eyes wide shut or like some kind of yeah. secret. You know, yeah, like only Stanley Kubrick. I mean, I was going to bring up Clockwork Orange later, but oh, yeah, yeah. big time. Um, this isn't the song that they uh, uh, in that famous uh, live from from uh, Pompeii. Wasn't this one of the songs that they played? Uh, I don't remember uh, that. No, the one. Yeah, the one where they're. Yeah, yeah there's a I was live actually, video. I was watching I, that today. I only came across the title track, but that's possible okay, that they played. This I'm too. almost positive. Yeah, that they play this. uh uh because uh, I know, yeah, I know there's one famous kind of live performance of this, and it's yeah. But I thought it was the live from Pompeii. But uh, yeah, this is yeah, yeah. A, a mental journey, you know, just with accompanying music, you're just sitting there, just kind of like I don't know, going inside yourself, and just yeah. I will admit, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Again, just listening to this, I did feel kind of at peace, which is kind of funny because I have been. I was. It's probably one of the more critical songs on this record for me here i have to be a little bit but i'm like it's kind of weird i like it's not just one long kind of plotting thing but it does kind of yeah it doesn't make me feel crazy it makes yeah it's weird i don't know i have i have a mixed emotions i guess yeah no i actually understand where you're coming from yeah because you know there's some of the things i jotted down too is that it was long but there are parts where i'm like i kind of enjoy the feeling like mm-hmm. it's, the, the exactly. song feels hey, lonely. Yeah, there we go. That it's like right. there's a really. Okay. Lo- it reminded me of like I know this for all you uh, nerds and geeks out there, but if you're thinking original series Star Trek and and somebody just taking a shuttlecraft and uh, somewhere they have the, to go, yeah. they have to go off by themselves in order to save everybody, and this is into the blackness. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I can't believe nobody said it because this song to me. Put me into a rabbit hole earlier. I, I, I did anybody hear or make the connection to this? Wow. No, no. Even though I, I was listening <laughs> to that this morning, I, I, no, I, no, I, I wish I did. What a record I, that I, is. I heard that song. <laughs> And like to me, that song is just like it put me to. I went like I had something I needed to get done for a client by five, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like and and I was listening to that. Like I, like, I heard this song. It to the finish line here. Took me. It <laughs> took me to, to Peter Gabriel. Put me down the Peter Gabriel rabbit hole. I mean, that song is just a ten of ten. And I really wasn't too hot on this song, on the Pink Floyd uh, "Set the Controls of the Heart" song until I heard the Peter Gabriel. Um, I, I, like like you uh, know, it's twenty years later, but it's it's just to me like that song is just a ten of ten. And well, yeah. Like, I, I mean, there's just something about that. Like, I mean, you, those, those like rock songs that are non-traditional percussion. Right. Um, I'm going to say like, yeah. like Sting's Fragile yeah. or like Liberian Girl or something, you know, yeah. by Michael Jackson. It just, yeah. it's so interesting to me and I, yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Mercy Street is probably, yeah, that's my definitive like driving home at night song. That's like, that's probably the biggest, if there was a, if I could have a definitive warm blanket, it would, that would probably be. That song is a 10 of 10. And we got to the point where I wanted to talk about my special idea uh, for a special episode because it just occurred to me that, you know, a 10 of 10 song, you know, what if we got together and brought three or four songs each to the table that we all think are 10s? 
and then we put them together to put together a Spotify playlist of songs that we all we all vote on. We get down from you know fifteen or twelve to let's say an LP of four tracks, five six tracks that are just perfect tens. Because I wouldn't call "Set the Controls of the Heart of the Sun" a perfect ten, um, but "Mercy Street" to me is. There are other Pink Floyd yeah. songs coming up. Is maybe we narrow it down by category. You know, right. we only take songs that were recorded from well, eighty to eighty-five or seventy to seventy-five, and just find perfect tens. Because right. you know, this uh, type yeah. of music to me, I love that. Like whatever you want to call it, that you know, slumbering. Yeah, that's right. It's a journey. It just keeps moving, journey. and it kind of yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it just pulls you along without yeah f- feeling too rough. Uh, again, like I said earlier, yeah, this again th- with this song, this is a band discovering their tools. I mean, a song like Mercy Street is a guy who's well in control. Oh, he's perfected. He, yeah, he's perfected it. Yeah, so that's uh, so I would say. I mean, Mercy Street is to say it's superior is an understatement. Well, it's, it's off my, one of my favorite albums, so that's kind of kind of biased, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, yeah. What do you get, guys think? Well, uh, you, you, a 10 of 10 album, special album? Uh, sure. Uh, you know, Freight Train Nitro is going to be my first submission. So let's go ahead and... Uh, I'm a Machine Gun re- Eddie, personally. Let's reserve. Yeah. But no, that could be cool. But, but I'll just chime in real quick about this song. I mean, you guys are selling me on it a little bit more. I, I didn't really dislike this song. Uh, it wasn't, uh, I guess I'm foreshadowing, but it wasn't necessarily one I was going to get rid of. Um, I did write in my notes, I know I kind of alluded to it in uh, Let There Be More Light, but this one, even though I feel like there's not a whole lot of vocals going on, um, I, I did write down vocal melody at the beginning foreshadows golden era Floyd to my ears. So mm-hmm. again, that's just another one where even though it's primarily uh, sort of an instrumental or more of a musical uh, piece than it is, you know, a standout vocal track, I, I did right. pick that out of this one. So. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is a foreshadowing yeah. record. That's what yeah. uh, it really is. is. Yeah. One yeah, thing this. I want to do with this, with what Kevin, uh, his segment there that he played, is that there is a moment, there's a lot of vibraphone in this song, and then there's a moment, and there's a lot of guitar in this song, and very echoey, uh, but almost not like too thin echo. It's kind of like got a fat echo, kind of matches the timbre of a vibraphone. And then there's this in between, and I can't tell if it's bowed vibraphone or just really, really echoey guitar. And it's just, I think it's at 350 or so, but Kevin did play it on the on the on the preview because it is just such a, a a moment in time to me to be in the studio in 1968 and just to be experimenting at that level with different instruments merging it together really just the very first of electronics uh coming into play with musicality like this song really to me just has that that moment in time captured where in the studio like you 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 just like the world was starting to open like the sky was starting to open in terms of uh experimentation and uh studio and and merging timbres and everything so i I really love what they did there with this uh with 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 the instrumentation all right sounds good uh we we get some of that on this album for sure we're going to move on to our fourth track that would be corporal clay you must be proud of him Another drop of gin. 
I gotta say, for as goofy as sort of that part is with the kazoo, God, the song <laughs> is fantastic in my opinion. It hit me right off the bat on the first listen. Those opening vocals with the harmonies was my first warm blanket. Uh, it really did it for me. I, I love this song a lot. Uh, we were talking kind of pre-show, Mark. I said that I woke up with a song in my head, and you asked me if this was it. And I said, hey, I'm going to save it for the show. It was. This is yeah. the one. <laughs> me and, too. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm going to throw another band into the fold. And, and, you know, people, maybe reviews and stuff, and, and maybe Mark and Chris, you guys were saying how kind of influential Piper was. And, you know, getting down to this song and how many other band names we've thrown out to this point, I almost feel like this album is more influential, in my opinion. And uh, the one band I was going to mention, especially where it gets kind of uh, goofy, where it goes in orange, red, and blue, like that voice sounds very Primus to me. Like, I, I feel like I can uh, hear yeah, some, some, prime, some yeah. less Claypool kind of goofy, <laughs> weird, kind yeah. of funny vocals going on. But yeah, I was going to say amazing harmonies and vocal melodies and uh, kind of how you alluded to, Mark, on Let There Be More Light. Second song on the album mentioning the name Lucy. Yeah, what, I've what, it, enough. what what is it with Lucy appearing in songs by bands around this time? And who is she? Okay, <laughs> who, who is she? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if they think I, by throwing that in that it'll hit pay gold, but yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, um, LSD, but yeah, and then I'll, uh, the only other thing I was going to say too, kind of the sound effects and panning with the voices kind of coming in towards the end there is again kind of foreshadowing that golden yeah. era kind of dark side of the moon mixing. Uh, Pink Floyd era. Yeah. So, love yeah, that. Uh, when you mentioned those, those, the, how ridiculous they sound at the beginning, uh, those over the top accents to me were one of those moments that stood out so much that I was like, why are they talking like they do in Clockwork Orange? Like it just that yep. way, way over the top British. Um, like I don't know, maybe maybe the dialects were just you know much more severe back then, uh, and they've normalized now. But um, you know, and I almost hear a little bit of skiffle in this uh, much slower tempo tempo mm -hmm. but obviously a big part of uk music really only you know five six years prior you know it's funny yeah this is probably uh probably the if you want to call it a massive stocks are rising for me yeah probably oh, the biggest okay. of wow uh, i don't know i don't know that i'm buying this one i don't no, know I'm not, like like no like i said when i fur when i first went through the album i was like oh great we got like the goofy kind of like uh like novelty song here but again uh, because I like to dig deep into songs and kind of looking at the deeper meanings. Yeah, this, after kind of really discovering what it's about, it really raised the profile for me. Because uh, if you read it, a lot of the lyrics have to deal are very kind of, uh, uh, as, as far as being very sarcastic, as far as uh, a soldier returning from war, where it's almost like kind of like throwing a little shade, like, okay, uh, what was the one, uh, uh, yeah, the one lyric uh, as far as returning... Uh, hold on. Uh, uh, yeah, he had a wooden leg. He won it in the war. It's kind of like almost like a jab. Like, okay, that's all that he brought back. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like as far as the realities of war, it's like, okay, what does he really have to show for it? Uh, and it's kind of being this crippled uh, uh, veteran. And uh, and I don't know if, if this was conscious as far as with the kazoos, which, again, when they first hit me after just listening on first listen, I'm like, oh, great. But... <laughs> I like okay now we got another okay all yeah. right okay. it's like again going back to the toolbox like oh what's this okay well I don't know it's here so we might as <laughs> well use it put it back in the toolbox yeah but anyway I was thinking is this there. yeah is the did it have like a like a deeper meaning like as far as like okay the soldiers like a hero's welcome but is it really a hero's welcome is he whoever the character in the story is he feeling 
like that he's that it's worth it and is could you also say that that's kind of if there was something to play <laughs> over him i feel I don't know. like i'm I don't in know. english class and I don't know. Like I said, the teacher is explaining, and I'm just yeah. thinking in my head, yeah, I, I just don't like hearing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know. Like I said, I, 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 from just a listening perspective, I thought it was, but I was trying to yeah. figure, okay, what's okay? Because I know this is Pink Floyd still in their experimental phase. Um, but what was was there a reasoning for? And I felt the it kind of pokey. Yeah, it could kind of, but it kind of worked within the context of of, of the song, where it's mm. kind of picking jabs at. Yeah, as far as is there really uh, like yeah, I guess the honor and, and war? Yeah, does it, from the perspective of the soldier, does like is this how they're really feeling? Is this mm. yeah? Do you deserve like a grand symphony or do you just feel like this? Like You've lost your like yeah like exactly. Thank you yeah. So this that's song, the, and this song reminded me of that song in that thing you do when they're at the talent show. And those ladies are on the stage can playing you that the, the thing. Dancing, did, did, can you can you bum, 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 yeah. bum. And, and then I'm like, the kazoo comes in, and I, I don't know. Right? Yeah, I kind of looked at it like it's almost like a soundtrack. Yeah, where it's not necessarily something that you would find in a conventional song, but it's like for the for the character at the center of the. Uh, I thought it was appropriate. Again, this, that's after like four or five listens, where it finally clicked, where I kind of started look, thinking about it. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess maybe, maybe that's, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, yeah, yeah I wasn't Maybe there. a bit too Looney Tunes for me. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, one thing I wrote down here is that short enough to be tolerable. That's what yeah. I would call this song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Understandable. Well, right. and, and before we move on too, because I did really appreciate the very, very tail end of the song. I'll play it real quick uh, as a lead into the next song. You know, we talk yeah. about song ordering and with what's coming next. I think it was actually a very uh, good placement to end that song like that, considering what's up next. Right. And we get to our title track. The epic. Saucer, <laughs> saucer full of secrets. You know, I, I will say, and I'm glad you played that part because I don't like what part do you play in this song. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, the, the song is full of plot and it really just kind of just sounds almost like a music theory exercise at points. But I will say after listening to this song or at least having it on in the background a couple times, then listening to it with my full attention, then having it in the background a few more times that it really did. This is the point where I would say it started to click, uh, being that the, you know, the first part is almost like deliberately designed to make you uncomfortable and they just ratchet it up and they destroy it. They break it down and they start from anew. And this is almost like the rebirth section right there. And I feel like, you know, even if there is a lot of nonsense and, and noodling in this song, um, it does at least follow a coherent song structure in, in terms of this kind of MoMA style art, I would call it. Right. Well, it's interesting. Yet I, uh, I, I'm not totally convinced on this song yet, but one of the things that was leading me to be convinced is that theory that this song is like the battle and there's the build up to the battle the battle happens where the you know the drums come in yeah and then there's the aftermath yeah and, and, yeah and with the, with the yeah, organ yeah right exactly and you know you get all your you know dead friends and, and mm. your everybody who's with you and everything like victory that. victory and mourning yeah, yeah it was it was that was like that kind of struck me and i listened to it again i'm like oh you know that's actually kind of cool i just don't know if i buy that it's 30 percent of your album 12 yeah. minutes dedicated oh. to it that's that's a tough that's a tough yeah. pill to swallow like yes it's cool yes it could have cut out a storm things. signal <laughs> yeah because it's one of those things where i'm thinking i'm like oh if i were in a modern music composition class and that were kind of the story i'd be like hey it's pretty cool but oh man am yeah. i ever gonna throw on oh i know i'm gonna throw on side two of the lp of saucer full of seekers i <laughs> sit down and i don't know that's that's the tough part that's wild you mentioned that kev uh i think we're kind of on the same plane here i I guess i didn't really think of it so much of sort of as a battle it sort of is like an illustrative piece to kind of have you visualize i mean there's a lot of sound effects and you can kind of just close your eyes and drift away and visualize different things but that's interesting you mentioned the battle and i'm gonna kind of mirror that because i'm thinking of another band that i think we all equally love a lot and that's rush and the song i think of particularly with a kind of a famous battle sequence in it uh is by torn the snow dog off yeah. fly by night and obviously like the kind of later half of that record is you know eddie or sorry jesus got, i got eddie van halen still on the mind getty getty and alex kind of doing like you know the the, the snow dog and, and kind of Bitor just sort of battling and you could hear the cries and the screams and stuff like that and in that way, it works because the the first half of the song is sort of a melodic, cool rock song, and then it it ends with the battle, and it works for me. But twelve minutes of sort of a, a piece like this, I I just I don't know. And and it's sort of you know maybe I'm alluding to something, but it's sort of like a uh, what's that song off the first record, Interstellar Overdrive. It sort of give kind of gave me the same feelings. And and I have a two points here uh, that I'll I'll bring up that might be kind of funny, uh, alluding to our our love of other things. But uh, the beginning beginning sound effects and Mark, you kind of mentioned how it kind of makes you feel a little uneasy. And I'll maybe I'll throw another future influence here. But I, I was hearing a little John Carpenter at the beginning and maybe even a little mm-hmm. Stephen King, like the beginning of The Shining, where it's that overhead shot of the car driving up the mountains to the Overlook yeah. Hotel. I can almost kind of hear some of that soundscape going on. Uh, Kev, if you want to queue up right around 305, uh, a little alluding to Strung Out by Van Halen off the Balance record. Tell me if you hear it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I can tell you where that's from. That's John Cage and Prepared Piano. Okay. And who and, and, at that time was all over the play, you know, <laughs> the modern composition circles. And, and the, la- the last little clip I heard of this song, because there's a lot going on. You know, there's a lot of different moods and things you can hear in this. Um, Kev, obviously, you and I, we've kind of shared our uh, Rumsfeld walking down the driveway from the great <laughs> The Burbs, one of our favorite movies. And right around eight minutes and 30 seconds some of the keyboards there i feel like i can almost kind of hear in the burbs when you know they uh they're walking over to the club so they see a uh, bedroom light miraculously turn on <laughs> i was so thinking that too actually is that yeah is, is that not uncle my Rube? neighbor isn't that just the silhouette of uncle hey, ever gonna Rube water and, their lawn yeah uncle uncle rube and you just see the smoke coming out of his cigar just the silhouette that's the same freaking organ sound you know i, I don't know why it is something about uh, and you we've mentioned clockwork horns we've mentioned the shining uh at the burbs um but wendy carlos who at this time was walter carlos uh scored both of those movies not the burbs um but uh walter, and we don't yeah. know where the hell he is yeah, <laughs> but but it, it, I don't and, and that music was all I mean, I think it was he was he she whatever was Walter Carlos at the time uh, came out with uh, Hooked on Bach, which was Bach done through Moog. And it was very experimental at the time. And and, you know, that was very uh, much a part of Clockwork Orange and the music there. Um, and I don't hear that in Pink Floyd, but I still get the vibes from it. Like it's just something there's some kind of connection there that it's it's. You know, it's intangible between Wendy Carlos and 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 Shining and Clockwork Orange and uh, the experimentation of Pink Floyd. I can't put my finger on exactly what it is because it's very different. Because her uh, work was all, um, you know, very classically oriented. Yeah, I think you guys uh, covered it. I don't think I have much to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I, I it. Uh, I mean, I, I, I kind of get the yeah you know, with what Kevin was saying, like the soundtrack vibes. I mean, if there, if you want to. Taken, I don't know, like a, a a large battle scene out of any movie you can think out of. Just slap this in there. I mean, you can see, you can feel the different parts. I guess you could say it's it, it's it fits well with the mood of something like that, where you've got the low kind of uh, the low parts, you've got the more kind of like nervous parts, and then you've got kind of like the yeah the uh, I guess the resolution, like at the end with the organ, uh, the organs coming in. So yeah, I guess uh, again, it's a I mean, for a guy who likes pretentious music, I think this is a little too kind of, I mean, this is, this is, this is the song I kept skipping over, just looking for kind of context. Yeah. A little bit of or construction where it's like, okay, here's, cause again, after 11 minutes or what is eleven twenty five? Yeah. You're kind of like, all right, like, okay, this is just, unless if you're really into like almost like noise rock or avant-garde, I mean, you're not going to come back to this. Uh, oh yeah. And Alex, what you were saying, like, I got like 11, 12 minutes of this. Yeah. I was reading. Uh, a little is on the history of this song and i guess um in the live setting it could get a, is they they stretched it to almost 20 minutes oh boy yeah, which i don't I, which i don't know yeah which <laughs> i talking about the, a bathroom break from me yeah exactly so yeah i uh <laughs> bathroom break grab some drinks check the car is okay you yeah. can still be I mean, back I, I, I appreciate it but like i want to see this more like in a dark room at a museum more than i want to see a live right in an yeah, arena again this is the okay we've discovered Again, I'm going to be saying this often throughout this show. Uh, you're discovering the toolbox, and you're just ex- okay. What's this? Oh, here's a weird sound. Here's a. Th- I don't know what this is, but let's 
let's play this for three minutes. <laughs> I don't know what this <laughs> this thing looks like, weird. Uh, uh, I mean, maybe I... if I hit it, yeah, maybe if I hit it in a certain way, maybe it'll like okay. I never, sure. I, yeah. never I never put this connection together, but I, I'm sure he's. I mean, because he's a big classic rock guy, but I'm I'm a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan, and I just think of Billy, where they'll do these instrumentals, like a song like Gossamer, where they'll where they'll play the song for like two hours or something like this and people are just walking out <laughs> it's just, just, just extending the, it's extending the studio version to like you know 40 okay. minutes or maybe two hours is a, is a bit of a stretch but like 40 minutes long it's like all right come on you know they should have done that Rail with it. the gnome they should have done that with the gnome they should have turned the that 40 into minute a, extended a, a, version a 30 of the minute live experimentation and then bring <laughs> it, turn, it home yeah it turns into like lord oh. of the rings I <laughs> yeah Oh God! All right. Anyway, let's, uh, yeah. let's move on. <laughs> we're we're gonna get on to uh, seesaw. Seesaw. Punctuation in this song title gets to me. <laughs> it's the, 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 the little dash in between the seesaw. It's like a, like a British thing that just like. Wait, isn't, that, isn't that how it's, isn't that how it's written? That's how it's written, isn't it? Yeah, seesaw, or, 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 is dash, it yeah, or is it like sea or saw? Like it's just like one of those things that it's just like so. I, I, I think numerically, oh. I think that's I think how it's written. I've never yeah, like written out seesaw in my life, so I don't know why. I it, can't okay. believe that this is an issue, but pow r talk h was not. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I always saw it as power. I, I don't know. It's really confusing, man. It's a beautiful <laughs> song, and it reminds me of a song that was done. I don't know, forty years later by a yes called time is time oh yeah this is the song i was gonna say could be most done by yes on this yeah. album i could hear john anderson it really is a beautiful what, song yeah this is what 68 yeah i'm getting as far as the melodies like real beach boys oh, like yeah. Brian oh, wilson you yeah, took my line off right, my page yeah. there chris I yeah, said especially like in that part yeah, especially yeah in that part that kevin played yeah the uh like when he gets those high notes like it sounds like like dennis wilson like when he would uh, like his parts yeah, just and, really. And Rick sung this too. One, yeah. one thing I heard today—it's a f- sort of a funny reference, but I kind of heard it immediately, and I thought of this scene. I don't know if you guys are big uh, Dumb and Dumber fans. Uh, one of my one of my favorite movies—I say that a lot—but that truly is one of my favorites. There's a song during the fantasy scene when Lloyd is having his fantasy about going out with uh, Mary Swanson. And there's a song by the band called The Cow Sills. And I put a little clip in the uh, chat there if you could play it. And it's not I the, hair, just, it's not the hair song, is it? Uh, I don't know. Go ahead oh, and just okay. cue that up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's all I got. It's funny how certain eras just have a sound. Yeah, it's like just that, that like mid-60s. Yeah, that's sound. all it, it is. Just, but I heard it. Yeah. 
Well, uh, that's what's one thing I was gonna uh, mention too. <laughs> just you know, off the Dumb and Dumber, and uh, <laughs> but just a- absolutely, I love um, music. That there's something unique about music that can capture a moment in time, like. Yep no other art medium there is just something like movies can do it too um but it music is always going to be freshly preserved on tape and there's something about i think it's this song a lot a ton of the previous album that could have only happened in 1967 through 1968 and it just it'll never get stale it'll be preserved forever and that that intangible bit there is is something that i love so much about listening to music like this all right, are we ready to close this thing out? Mm-hmm. We're going to do it with Jug Band Blues. Everybody wants to talk about Jug yeah. Band Blues. Well, Mar- yeah. well, Mark, yeah, there is, uh, yeah, there's your Sid Barrett song. If you were wondering, yeah, it is. It's your, uh, this it's is your actually, final contribution. Yeah, this is actually kind of a fascinating. Uh, again, just reading up on the uh, on the, yeah, this is pretty much. I think him kind of talking about his exit. Essentially, I mean, you look in the beginning, and I'll read the lyrics. I mean, it pretty much starts out like this. It's awfully uh, considerate of you to think of me here, and I'm most obliged to you for making it clear that I'm not here. Yeah, which I think. Uh, Again, because I think it was already determined at that point, like he's not really here. I mean, he's, and I think maybe subconscious, even though he, I don't think he articulated it necessarily that he knew that this, yeah, that yeah, his presence in the recording studio was probably more of just a, yeah, kind of like a, or a just burden kinda, than a benefit. It, it, exactly. But it's kind of funny how he's kind of, I guess if you want, in a very British way, kind of poking fun at that here, even in, right in the beginning too, where he's just kind of like, he doesn't, he doesn't, he, he doesn't uh, screw around. He just comes out and says it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, well, the yeah. one thing about this song uh, that it was so clear to me that they were obviously trying to duplicate the ending of Piper, which was in itself a duplicate of, or perhaps who knows who was influenced by who, but the Beatles' uh, "A Day in the Life" and the way that that explosive ending and it just boy, you know when Roger Waters breaks out the tuba that uh, <laughs> it's going to get funky in here, uh, and I just don't think that it's a I don't know like it's like you know if you do a sequel and and you build on the original this is almost like a leftover to me um it's like you know a, a, a good movie and the sequel should not end yeah. the same way that the first right. movie ended like it's kind of out, it's I, kind of out of place too a little bit i mean you can see i mean this is definitely a piper but again it i think it, he had to get to this point for him to write a song like this because again this was like the okay well at this point okay he knows he's kind of on the out mm-hmm. yeah and this Which is it, like his and then final... it's appropriate at the end it just the way that they they do that same ending um it's you know catastrophe is just too on the nose to me yeah, the, uh, you guys are really kind of you know speaking my mind here. Uh, this song, I mean, I don't know. The the, uh, the thing with the ending is, I feel like they were like you said, yeah, it's kind of like a bike deal, um, and it. I feel like they're also trying to do sort of like a uh, Corporal Clegg 
part two, but I just don't think it's done anywhere nearly as good as that one. I will say right around 145, uh, Kev, I don't know if that's kind of the section you played. I sort of dig the panning and the soundscape of it, but yeah, other than that... Yeah, the sort of the soundscape and the different kind of sounds and the panning from left to right. I, you know, more from an engineering mixing standpoint, I liked. But other than that, I can't say this one did a whole lot for me. <laughs> what a part to what? A, oh, sorry. Yeah, what a part to sing out loud. How funny would that be? La 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 la. Let's see. What the hell are you listening to? Anyway, I sorry, can say ahead. that uh, I was not expecting to get to the last song on the album and get slapped across the face with more kazoo. But uh, there you go. That's how rocking the kazoo. Carpal Clay should have brought out the hurdy gurdy. I was right, batting their toolbox. Good. Talk talk about progressive. Yep. Yeah. All right. We good? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's take it to uh, seven for the buy. First one to three correct answers gets an extra buy or terminate for the special Spotify best of playlist for the group. Chris, take it away. All right. Okay. Luckily, no uh, tr- um, multiple choice on here. Yeah, these are all Ooh, true and I gotta queue up my thing. Hang on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody got their sound effects. Uh, yeah. Click on the draw. All right. Yeah. Okay. Finder's not opening. <laughs> I'm gonna have to make mine into my mic here. Finder's has crashed. Okay. Are you all right? Uh, is your is your computer? Yeah, we're smart? good. Oh, we're good. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, true or false? Um, Set your controls is the only song to feature all original members, including Sid. Oh, yes. won't open. DLC won't open. True. You are correct. Uh, all right, here we go. So that's all right, that's one for Alex. Let's see if he's going to uh, kind of get back into his groove. <laughs> all right, that's one for Alex. All right, um, question number two. True or false? Uh, according to an interview with Roger Waters, Corporal Clegg came about from his ha- having a discussion with a war veteran in a pub who dealt with great hardship after coming back from the war. Wow, okay. Jeez. Well, he somebody wants this one. I I didn't, but I was doing some reading earlier this week, and you're just kind of making me remember things. False. You are correct. Yeah, uh, it's autobiographical. It, it's uh, discussing his father's sacrifice in the war. Um. So yeah. Okay, that's another one. Right, man, well, these are two I knew, but he was just too quick on the draw. I, wa- I wasn't. I wasn't planning on winning this one, so this is going to be interesting. I am okay. not going to say I'm going to win it, but I'm just saying I didn't plan for. Okay, um, all right, true or false? Um, uh, remember a day was Rick Wright's sole songwriting contribution to the record? Yes, Mark. Um, great. I, I'm gonna go with false because he sang another one and he would uh, sing the one that he, uh, wrote. correct. Yeah, that was, okay. uh, Seesaw was his, yeah, you were correct. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Okay. All right, right, logic worked. I knew that all along, right? Move on. All right. (laughs) Okay. um, All right, true or false? Uh, The one similarity shared uh, between Set the Controls and Chapter 24 from the previous album uh, uh, is that they both utilize poetry from ancient Chinese texts. Mark. Yes, Mark. I'm going with true on that. 
You are correct. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. I'm I did two know and two. I knew that there was. This is frustrating. I knew. Yeah, I, knew <laughs> I knew that it was borrowed over to this record, but I, I couldn't remember if it was that song or not. I thought it was a trick. So same here. Okay. I was guessing. All right. Let me go to the. Well, uh, I can't get this anymore. So you need to I'll clip up your sound a little. Mark bit. and I are tied. <laughs> yeah, m- mine is always slow on the draw. This is tough. Do I jump in and? possibly bomb out to box out Alex or do I just do Alex and I just let Kevin <laughs> yeah, there's no, yeah there's no participation trophies in the game yeah. of uh, in the game yeah, of life yeah. Yeah. For the bye. all right all right um, all right again true or false um, David Gilmore briefly resurrected the title track during his solo tour in 2018 ooh yes Mark and I, it's going to be embarrassing because we were at that solar tour, weren't we? Yep. Did they play it? We I'm going to go with true. False. No. Oh, no! Oh. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, he didn't tour in 18. Out. It was it was Nick Mason actually in his solo. Uh, he he did a, like a club Saucer tour. Full of secrets, secrets yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He didn't yeah. play it once. Yeah, not uh, no. I don't believe he did. Yeah. Um, that wasn't Ouch. in the notes. Yeah. So Mark is out. All right, Alan. Okay, we got, uh, got one more question. All right, let's see if. Uh, well, what happens here? So I have to get this one right to win, right? Uh, oh, cor- I might just steal it correct. from you and just or give that it to too. you. Anyway. All or right, that. I don't have. I don't know if I don't have any sudden death questions, but hopefully. He gets <laughs> no, that's all good. <laughs> all right, uh, true or false? Um, Rolling Stone gave the record a glowing review, saying the birth of a new subgenre has been ushered in. Oh, I know this one too. <laughs> That was Kevin. That was a tie, but I'll let Kevin have it. All right. Great. This is the one I didn't know out of all the rest, but I'm going to say false. I don't think there is high on this one. You are correct. Yeah. Uh, All right. I got to see how I got a question right. It's been a while. Someone's got his Clarkson voice down. (laughs) All right. Let me see. Here we go. Let me see if uh, I have another question. I guess this can just be a sudden death question if you guys. (laughs) All right. (laughs) True. True or false? Uh, Sid Barrett's sole contribution to the album was Jug Band Blues. Damn it! My phone, my phone was locked. <laughs> false. He played on three songs. He wrote Jug Band Blues, but he played on Set the Controls and I think Remember a Day. Uh, uh yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. we'll. Uh, wow. Well, okay, so we got a tie. Got a tie ball I was, I wasn't Damn expecting it. this. All right, how okay, do we I'll do this? I'll throw behind. one out there. Chris, you want me to one? Uh, yeah, do you want to throw out? I didn't have any, uh, I wasn't expecting a, uh, would you have a yeah, tiebreaker? Yeah, let me see if I can do this one here. Um, the album, this is a true or false, the album reached top 10 in the UK charts, true or false? Oh, come on. I'd Somebody's got to see, gotta get I'd, it. I'd love to see Kevin get come away with it, yeah, where he just wins by I would <laughs> love to, but I, I, every time I've done this before, <laughs> I've bombed Let's see, out. Let's see is Alex going to bomb out? Okay, I, don't, this I, is... don't, I don't know this. I don't know. I don't know this either. Chris, right. get a marble. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to okay. go for it. I'm going to say true. You're right. Number nine. Oh, oh man. Yeah, Kevin, is that his first the... win? Uh, yeah, in a while. It's, it's my it's my first win since balance, everybody. <laughs> oh, good old ballad of the bullet. Yeah, thanks, Mark, for for the save. Yeah, I was, no, maybe not. Uh, strung uh, out. I thought Blue I had more, uh, yeah, yeah, wasn't expecting. Out. That was that was great. That was a great kind of re. Uh, that that's yeah, fine. That was coming 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 back from the ashes. 
think yeah. I was going to say Phil. bombing out on the side. It's like totally a Top Gear drag race. I, I think I was going to say false on both of those, so I would have lost. So either way, I would have lost. Interesting fact that it did not chart in the U.S. until April 2019. Peaking at number well, 158. Now I'm excited. And back. now, love it or flush it. Right. Take it away, Alex. Tonight's order for the love it or flush it. Kevin, Mark, myself, and Chris. Uh, let's go ahead and start it off. Let there be more light. Kev, what are we giving it? Mm-hmm. Now I've got two buys, and I honestly don't know what to do with <laughs> them completely. That's where I, I, I was like, on a seven-track ex- album. I wasn't expecting to do that. Um, uh, I'm going to make this interesting, and this is going to be my first buy. Uh, got a reason? Um, I, ex- I, I do like this song. I feel like instantly it gave me Pink Floyd, like, this is the band. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the band I know. I enjoyed that. I do like the melodies. I understand the plotting part, but I didn't honestly think about that until you brought it up. So uh, I, I I look forward to putting this song on every time I played it. So there, there's my reason. Nice. Mark? Eh, this song is a disappointment to me, and I know they're not going to open with a rager. That would be stupid to expect on a psychedelic Pink Floyd album. But that intro is just too disconnected, and when it just—it's like such a a lurch. It almost feels like you, um, like you meant to shift into second, but instead you shifted into fourth or fifth. So that's just exactly <laughs> yeah, how I would describe that. So give it a flush. Oh. I'm going to be a little bit more on Kev's side here. I like the opening riff a lot, and I like where the vocals are going. Just plot a little bit now that you mention it. I wish you didn't say that because now I'm going to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't get rid of it, so I'll give it a love. Chris? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of more in line with uh, with the old Markster over there. Uh, yeah, the, the, the intro is very misleading where you expect something, uh, and I don't like how the verses kind of plot a little bit. Um, I do kind of like the psychedelic soloing at the end but it's not enough to kind of pull me in so i'm gonna f- have to flush this one unfortunately oh, all right track two remember a day kev what do we think uh i think i'm gonna keep it around just for those piano parts there are parts i don't like about the song but yeah piano parts enough for me to love it very well mark what do you think you know kevin you might have saved that song for me because i with only seven tracks one of them has got to get the big t and i (laughs) like this is one i i I, you know it's it's the category of alex's songs that i'm not sure i remember how it goes but you brought back the piano part Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think I will hold off on the tea and give it like, I don't know. I don't want to open it with two flushes either. Like, I don't think it's that bad of an album. It's so hard with seven tracks. Yes, it is. Oh, I think it's just the mildest. Wait till till we get to five tracks with animals. Yeah, Yeah. just the mildest of loves. All right. All right, I'm going to give this one a love. I actually like this song more than uh, track one. Uh, really enjoyed the melodies. Dig the uh, Simon and Garfunkel and the Who uh, vibes on it. So giving it a love. Chris? Uh, 
Yeah, funny enough, yeah, I'm gonna buy this one, actually. Um, it was the one song I actually remembered without even really no noticing I was actually humming the, uh, the melody at work. Uh, yeah, I love the, uh, yeah, I just love the vocal melodies are great. Uh, I love a lot of the drumming on here, uh, especially that part that I referenced earlier at 210. Our listeners can pull up the song and listen back, but yeah, with the uh, drum and the little bit of kind of guitar, you're very interesting, and yeah, just being a massive Who fan, yeah, I love those uh, kind of uh, those vibes go in there so yeah it, yeah i really really enjoyed this song nice all right let's bring it over to track three sort of the first kind of space exploration uh weird one i guess you would say kev set the controls for the heart of the sun what do you think roger do that. you engage uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm mixed on this one uh let's make it so i'm going to uh, give this nice. one a love <laughs> all right mark yeah, I'm going to jump into uh, Warp 6 on this one. Uh, give it a big love from me. <laughs> oh. Wow. oh, I thought you were going oh, to buy? I don't know if I a slingshot. No, 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 not, not a buy. A, okay, just, I'm just sorry about love. the sound effect. Big no, love, no. Big love. Yeah, because it's Take a... Uh, transaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I will <laughs> also compliment this song on being nice and short for yes. an experimental song. Yes. Yes. And I will agree, and that's the reason why it gets the lightest of squeezes for me. Chris, what do you think? Uh, yeah, same with Alex. I'm going to give it a light squeeze. Uh, kind of after the discussion, I kind of appreciate it a little bit more. Uh, again, it like I I should, should be more critical of it, but I heard just driving home, listening to it, I felt kind of at peace. So that uh, uh, so I guess I it made it calm me down. Yeah, from a hard, <laughs> yeah, from a hard First uh, unanimous couple days. Track here. Yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll keep it. Okay. All right, let's bring it on over to the legless wonder, Corporal Clegg. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> what are you giving this one? I'm sorry, Raj, but I got to give you a flush. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's definitely setting the tone. Um, <laughs> T. No. Oh wow. No. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna say I'm sorry. You know, the Roger kazoo. Waters. He, he hates he, the kazoo. Uh, I don't. It's just the. Uh, He's got him. It's maybe a little bit of foreshadowing at the way I'm going to go at Roger Waters in the future. He kind of is in a lot of ways the the uh, the, the Lars or the uh, Debbie Downer. This, yeah, oh. yeah kind of like that. Come <laughs> so, on, man. You know what that this is? You mildly. know what this is? This is retaliation for us getting rid of stethoscope, the one Waters <laughs> contribution on Piper. And now he's attacking him on this one. Well, I'm giving yeah. it a buy. I'm giving it a buy. This, wow. this song's incredible. Yeah. Those vocal uh, harmonies at the beginning. Stings. This song doesn't <laughs> stink. This song sucks. This song is great. <laughs> nice and short. Shortest. No, not yeah. the shortest song on the album, but Hokey close. Pokey. It's great. Yeah. There's a lot of different things going on. There's a little kazoo. There's some weirdness. Great vocal melodies. Yeah. We know about the kazoo. It doesn't help. Yeah, it's the oh, buy yeah. for me. I'll I'll mail you one after the show. Stethoscope, <laughs> you didn't do it for me. There we go. That's our new, our new segment. Our, 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 did it. Our, our, our new entry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Alex's kazoo moments. Yeah. Chris, um, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit more. I mean, not as enthusiastic as Alex, but uh, I again, this again on first listen, I wanted to terminate this, but after kind of <laughs> sitting with it for a few times, reading up on it, uh, as far as kind of a cinematic, kind of weird, little goofy kind of tale, I 
I gotta give it, uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna, well, I don't, uh, wouldn't buy it regardless if I still hit it, but I, I do like it a lot. I do appreciate it for what it is. So yeah, I'll give it a love. You know, this, uh, two points, uh, this song to me, like, I think you call it a little ditty. And when yeah. you call a song a little ditty, it's not you a good terminate song it. for me. <laughs> and this might be the first song, I think, in our Love It or Flush It history that is hit for the cycle. Oh, really? A buy, a love, yeah, a flush, and a terminate. Have. I think wow. that might be. All right. It's pretty impressive, actually. All right. Well, let's bring it on over to side two. 12 minutes of uh, Saucer Full of Secrets, practically. Kev, what do you think? This is tough, because I kind of appreciate this song. I, uh, I'm i not buying the length. And when that happens, I gotta pull the handle. I'm sorry, it's a flush. Mark? You know, I, I do think this is better listened to. Like, the environment in which you listen to this is much... Influence, influences it, the impact, influence, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and I, I think that, you know, if it's background music, it's something that I just... It'll just completely go over my head. But if I'm going to sit there, listen to it, dial into the movements of it, I will appreciate it a little bit more. So, in that sense, it worked. And in that sense, it will get a love. Hmm, okay. Well, uh, old Al's going to give it the tea. Uh... <laughs> Not do it for me, boys. Gotta it does say, nothing to the discography. It does nothing. If anything, this should have just been a live-only jam. I don't think it needed to take up nearly <laughs> yeah. 12 minutes. And I will say, uh, there's basically two of the same song on the record in a way. Set the Controls was the uh, better version. Shorter, more concise. I liked it more. So that's why that one gets saved. And this one, see ya. Let's bring yeah. it on over to Chris. Uh, yeah, even, uh, though, I mean, this definitely is a, a collection of things to come, but, uh, like Alex, yeah, said it just, uh, probably would have worked better not being just a produced album track, and so, uh, boom! <laughs> Double T! Okay. Double T. Yeah, a little bit, uh, yeah, I just, uh, no. <laughs> I, I didn't go back to, like, on the way home, I just, I didn't even, it was, well, not that I didn't have time to listen to it on the way home, I just skipped over it, and I wasn't really, yeah, ashamed of skipping over it, because I I can't believe yeah. I'm the lone survival on the title track. The lone survivor? I, 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 was, I was close, I was close. It was more of a, I had an you F question You told the story better mark. than I did, too. Historically, yeah, it's, I, I, it's, I had an F question yeah, mark, his, but I just can't. Yeah, historically, yeah. it's important, but it's not something that I, I'm, for a guy who likes like songs yeah i just i'm not gonna I, i'm tired i'm yeah. just uh yeah i can right. see the points right. so. yeah Let, let's let's move on over to uh seesaw punctuation track Kev, what do you think uh i don't have an issue with the punctuation this is actually going to be my second buy a lot oh. of this reminds me of classic progressive rock you got the mellotron in there a little bit you have a lot of classic Floyd, and you hear some yes in there. Uh, so I'm going to ring it up. Nice. Mark? Yep. Give it a bye from me. Kevin, wow. perfectly articulated. Uh, I mean, I know it's a bit too chapter 24-ish, but I did well, get I two buys. Got to, yeah, I, mean, I, got, I got two buys, and I want to vary my playlist on Piper um, with Power Torch and chapter 24. So song three on my playlist will be Seesaw. Nice. <laughs> See her. <laughs> that title is Jets Me. It's just a beautiful song. <laughs> 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 
Well, I like gotta, a howdy dowdy or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to go as far as the buy, but I will say the vocals really kind of did it for me. I love the Beach Boy vocals, so it's enough to give it the save and enough to give it the love. Chris? Uh, yeah, same with you, Alex. Uh, yeah, I, I love the melodies in here. Um, yeah, so just a very strong love for me. Very nice. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Final song, the Soul Sid Barrett writing track. Uh, Joke Man Blues. Kev, what do you think? Well, uh, I can quote from my notes. I said, more kazoo, really? And I said, <laughs> get Sid out of the band with a T. Oh! So, <laughs> yeah, that was coming. Yeah. I'm going to be terminated out of the band that you were basically you know, the founder of. Mark? Uh, Chris, I think you saved this for me. Um, okay. Just with the way the lyrics have that. I mean, it's so British. And it is. As it's, very, it, it's personal, though. It's very, it's very Beatles, yeah. too, yeah. with the stompiness I heard in that yeah. last listen. Mm-hmm. So just a, a moderate love. Uh, Might have saved it from a more likely flush that was coming just because it just wasn't as good as bike. So, um, mm-hmm. But, oh, well, it's, you know, can't flush uh, sit out. So give him a, just a, a love. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the memories. Uh, you, can, you can't. I can't. It's getting the flush. Didn't do it for me. Uh, the only thing I liked was the panning around 140. <laughs> and that probably <laughs> never a good sign. Yeah, right, the, yeah. Thi- the yeah, thing, I, the thing I liked most about the song was Norman Smith's contribution with the mix. So <laughs> it wasn't even twiddling said. a knob. Yeah, Chris. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I again, yeah, they like the, the second half of the song is a little kind of all over the place. Uh, I think Mark compared it to uh, you know, like a day in the life where you've got all this instrumentation going on. Uh, but I love the first party. I just love it. It just kind of comes from the, the gut from Sid. Yeah, just kind of talking to his bandmates. Yeah, through lyrics. And uh, uh, yeah, I just love that. Yeah, yeah just that kind of personal touch. So yeah, I'm going to give it a love. That'll wrap it up. Okay. That closes Love It or Flush It. And before we move on to our 30 seconds at Best Represent the Album, um, we were a, what were we? We were a six uh, for me, 5.5 for Chris, a seven for Alex, and a six for Kevin. Anybody have any changes they'd like to make? Any adjustments Uh, to their score? Yeah, I think I might boost it to... uh, hmm. One flush. Uh... Yeah, maybe just a half point up to a six. Uh, I wouldn't say I'll probably revisit this, but I appreciate it a little bit more in the after the discussion. Sure. Yeah, so I, I pull it out of a failure into a uh, barely passing grade. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a half point my way too. Send yeah. that to a six point five. Yeah. Pro- I'm gonna I'll, keep mine the I'll, same. I'll, I think. I'll probably keep mine the same. I mean, part of me was thinking maybe bump it down a half point, but I, I really uh, did the percentage here, uh, and I, I planned ahead, and I'm gonna stick with it. With a seven. Okay. Well, Chris and I in the big lead already with the Pink Floyd love, 78% between us so far. Uh, Kevin lagging behind at 39% of Pink Floyd tracks. <laughs> He's willing <laughs> to embrace. Wow. Okay. Uh, again, no, it gets better from here, I hope. So, uh, or otherwise, why are we doing this? Um, so, 30 seconds. Uh, anybody want to nominate Corporal Clegg, Clegg and get that out of the way? Oh, I would love to. Just maybe okay. just the kazoo, please. Thank you. Right, yeah, okay. I'm not going to even play it, so yeah. uh, there we go. Yeah, uh, yeah. we need something that's not, yeah, because, I mean, that's still has DNA from the first record. Um, 
but any, I mean, you could pick a set of controls. I mean, yeah, just, I mean, I mean, that's pretty much one long kind of <laughs> drone. But in the song. Song. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, again, it's it, it's the moment where you could see, like, the like the classic Floyd developing. And it's not just there. Yeah. I mean, you see it in uh, Let There Be uh, More Light. You see, I remember a day, yeah, these kind of very kind of classic Floyd uh, sensibilities. Uh, I know, I, Alex. I, I agree. I, I would say set the controls as well. Even though I gave it a light squeeze, if you're talking about representing the album, I mean that was the first thing I said is vocal melody at the beginning foreshadows golden era of Floyd, and it also was that kind the song. Of, That's what I was going to ask you. I thought that was let there more be well, well, let there well, be more light. That technically, yes, that that's true. I mean, I, I kind of recognized it more on this past listen. You know, when we were doing the podcast, but the uh, first time I really heard it was set the controls, and you know. I guess kind of representing the spacey sort of atmospheric portion of the record. I think that's fair. There's some vocals in it. You're not going full on and picking saucer full. So I think this would be fair. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get on, on. Yeah, I was going to get on board. I was going to have an off the wall pick of um, the ending of saucer full just because even though I flushed that song, I feel like it's it is very evocative. But we did make the point earlier. Alex made a point. I think Chris might have touched on it, too, where. You know, set the controls is kind of like a shorter saucer full pulls from those influences. Um, so I, I'm going to get on board with Chris's nomination of that. Where? Okay. I don't know. I'll just pick a spot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we get an algorithm to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that closes out the year 1968 saucer full of secrets. And we will be moving on oh, because it's the 1960s. We put an album out every year to 1969 and more. The soundtrack album uh, that Pink Floyd did, uh, what other band put out a soundtrack album in their third record? Kind of weird, but, uh, you know, it's part of the official discography, so we'll be there to cover it. Hopefully, you will be there, too. See you on the other side with Pink Floyd's More. 